Big weekend upcoming for BYU on the recruiting front as they will be welcoming in four high-level prospects. We talked about this on the Tuesday edition of the show, but excited to welcome in a guy who is a foremost authority on this. That's John Garcia from Sports Illustrated. Going to catch up with him and talk about what to expect from guys like Walker Lyons, Jackson Bowers, Hunter Clegg, and or Ethan Thomason. Got all that and more on today's edition of Locked on Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there and very excited to welcome in our special guest today, John Garcia from Sports Illustrated, a national recruiting authority, but also an insider here from, for us on the college channel of the Locked On Podcast Network. John, thank you so much for making some time for us. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. You know, it's a great, great time of year. A lot of people loading up for, for huge June official visits. It means that these lists are getting cut and decisions are on the way. So always a good time of year to, to reconnect for sure. Okay. I, I want to start there actually, if you don't mind, uh, why is there so much more emphasis on these, uh, these official visits in the summer suddenly? Like why are all these guys pushing for these official visits this time of year? I think it, it's working from both the program and the prospect perspective here, Jake. You know, certainly from a program perspective, you're like, hey, there's a limited number of spots. Roster management for all these coaches right now is nuts, right? The transfer portal, NIL, extra year of eligibility dating back to 2020. Trying to figure out how to navigate that is really hard. So the sooner you understand, hey, this is how many spots we have. Uh, and this is how many that could be flexible. Let's figure it out a little sooner, a little earlier, if at all possible. So you understand the April visits around spring practices and the spring games. And then, of course, the June visits, which are really intimate opportunities for the coaches as well. There's no spring practice going on. There's no game planning. You know, if you visit during the season, there's only so much time these coaches can give to recruiting. Uh, so I do think the June window opens it up uh, for pretty much however the program sees fit because there's not something that has to be going on that is going on at that moment. Uh, and then from the player's perspective, look, same deal. From a business perspective, you want to take a spot if you're not, you know, a Walker Lions who can wait and take his time and wherever he goes, everyone's going to say, hey, whenever you want to commit, that's cool. That's not the case for most prospects. There's a bit of a window here to latch onto a spot. Those same reasons we talked about, roster management, eligibility. Everybody's trying to figure out where their numbers are, uh, and that affects recruiting basically every single day. So I think from a business perspective, uh, prospects want to get that done sooner. And then on the other side of it, from a personal and just – football perspective they want to make a decision before the senior season begins it's just kind of become a big window to say hey i'm gonna focus on recruiting in the offseason i'm gonna make a commitment and then boom let's go chase a state championship you know that's become a very popular window for for recruits to make decisions just from a personal and, and logistical perspective as well with BYU and their success the past two years, they've won 21 games over the past two years. We all know about the Zach Wilson story, what they did last year, winning 10 games. You obviously are based over in Florida, so you have more of a national perspective on this, but how much of an uptick have you seen BYU get in terms of just their overall uh, 
profile as a recruiting uh, a, a recruiting power, I guess I would ask. Yeah, it's certainly risen. I think it's it's pretty tangible to see we're seeing them go outside of that what do we call it? Pac-12, Big 12 footprint sure, recruiting-wise. Yeah. Going into Texas more, going into the Southeast more. I mean, they've got to commit from Alabama this cycle. Mm -hmm. Down in Florida, we hear more offers coming in for, for BYU. So I just think everyone recognizes that that program, when you look at it historically, can contend with a lot of, of major, you know, blue bloods, what have you. But it's now starting to trickle down into recruiting where those kids now understand, hey, I can play on national television. It's such a unique program. And then, of course, you know, eventually getting into the Big 12, you know, validates that that sort of power five status that, you know, for us it doesn't matter. But when you talk about recruits, man, it, it really matters. It's a validator. Like either I'm an FBS recruit or I'm a power five recruit. And, and once they get to that threshold, it holds more weight. So programs that have a lot of winning attached to it as well like a BYU it all of a sudden starts to bubble up at, at the right time so I think that's going to continue for for the Cougars I think that footprint will continue to stretch and for a program like that in my mind that is a recipe for success you know it's the the footprint locally is is good mm -hmm. not elite uh, so you have to always dip out of there as, as much as you can and, and I think winning Power Five, all that stuff will push uh, towards more kids at least being aware of what BYU is doing and consider them when they do start to you know earn that interest and eventually that offer. One more kind of big picture question for you, though. BYU is getting ready to go into the Big 12 here. How much do you think uh, BYU needs to do in terms of preparation going into the Big 12? And also, how much will the, I guess a two-parter here, how much will the Big 12 help them in terms of their overall ability to recruit? Yeah, well, well, like I said, it's it's a validator when you're in the Power Five. I mean, I think BYU is one of these programs before where you look at it and you 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 say it's a Power Five offer, even yeah. though technically it wasn't. Uh, it's like Notre Dame, right? What what is that? that? Is that Power Five or not? Of course it is. So we've put BYU kind of unofficially in that category, but for them, I think it'll be nice to officially put them in that category. I think that will create a lot more validation for their ability to recruit again nationally. And you think of the Big 12 footprint, it is literally going to be the, the widest of the Power Five conferences. You're going to go all the way up to Utah, all the way across to West Virginia, down into Florida, and of course, west to Texas. And I think that that makes it such an interesting footprint to start to at least attempt to build a little bit more uh, from a recruiting perspective. You know, you might be more inclined if you're Kalani Sataki to, you know what, let me offer this kid in Atlanta. You know, yeah. we maybe wouldn't have had a shot two years ago, but the position he plays, the trajectory of our program now going into the Big 12, it's something that is a little easier to resonate uh, to, towards that recruit with. Uh, so I think that stuff all goes together. It, it really does help, even though, again, for, for folks like you and me, we've always viewed BYU there. But, again, this is recruiting. I always – remind you know folks these are 16 17 year olds that don't you know they, they don't remember they think steve young's just this analyst on espn right so yeah. you have to kind of remind yourself of that because we, we keep covering recruiting but they're the same age always so they, they don't have that same you know knowledge base that we do so again that official power five big 12 validator will play importantly in recruiting I, I will never forget. I actually had a young man tell me once upon a time. I didn't know that Steve Young played at BYU till I got to BYU. So you see, <laughs> it's, it's amazing, but it makes sense, right? It makes sense for them. That is a back in the day recruit yes. or back in the day player, yeah. which you know is is crazy to to say out loud for us, but 
It is true. Any, anything a decade old is like dinosaur for mo- most of these young men. So it's absolutely crazy. All right. Uh, more with John here in a moment. Uh, John, where can people find you on Twitter? I put, I put it down there. Yeah. John Garcia underscore junior on Twitter. Uh, you can check out his work. Make sure you follow this show locked on Cougars, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, more with John here in a moment. First though, a word on our friends over at intercap lending. There's a reason that no lender helps more families in the state of Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at intercap lending. The reason intercap, they get deals done. They feature a quick and simple process. They close loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process for you, the buyer. Any of you know right now with the interest rates going up, now is the time to capitalize if you're going to do that. And that that is what Locked On's personal loan officer, Intercap Lending, Steve Carter, has been delivering to hundreds of Locked On listeners, including Locked On founder, David Locke. And let's be real, if David can keep uh, if, if David can stay on track with uh, Steve Carter's help, anybody can be helped by Intercap Lending and Steve Carter. So reach out anytime, whatever you need with regards to your mortgage, a new mortgage, refinancing, cash out, you're just trying to get a better interest rate or lower the number of years, they can help you guys out. They've got 44 years of experience behind them. And the best part is, even though they're based in Utah, they're capable of helping anybody up and down the Wasatch Front in addition to 40 states nationwide. So give them a shot. Reach out to Steve directly. His number, 385 385- 800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. I can promise you that. I've met with Steve myself. Once again, his phone number, 385-800-8528. Go online to intercaplending.com to learn more or reach out to us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. We'd be happy to broker a conversation between you as well. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. But a reminder that we have an important favor for all of you to uh, do for us. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long and everyone that completes a survey qualifies for a chance to win one of 10 100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey to go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help and thank you once again for making Locked on Cougars, your first listen of the day. All right, more with John Garcia now. And John, I want to get more into the nitty gritty. A huge weekend upcoming for BYU on the recruiting front. Walker Lyons, Jackson Bowers, Hunter Clegg, and Ethan Thomason all going to be on campus for BYU. There might be a few other players that come in. We're still waiting to hear word on that. But those four alone, four, uh, excuse me, three four-star prospects, and Ethan Thomason's kind of knocking on that door, depending on which service you look at, of that four-star territory. How big of a weekend do you think this is for the BYU football program? Uh, it's massive, Jake. I think, you know, you're not going to say no to any fo- of those four when they say, hey, you know, hey, coach, I want to set up an official to BYU. You're like, okay, great, let's do it. Yeah. But I think the ability to put them together, I think, just makes it so much more uh, because, you know, for one, I mean, in terms of uh, Bowers and Lions, these are two tight ends. So I think that dynamic sitting in together maybe with the offensive staff and the tight ends coach could be really interesting and maybe even revealing from the BYU perspective. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these guys are from the same region and they appear to have crossed paths, similar gr- top group of schools that they're looking at as well. So developing a little bit of potential camaraderie 
between those guys if they were to end up at a school like BYU together is never a bad thing. Stranger things have happened <laughs> on the recruiting trip, but even individually. These are four big-time recruits. As you mentioned, um, all the other suitors are power five for these guys. A lot of them are, are heavy-hitting, blue-blood type of, of, of programs uh, that are after them that, that BYU needs to overcome. So for all of them, getting the first official visit, I think, is really critical. I mean, this is going to be the table setter. This yeah. is going to set the bar for how – all four of these guys view official visits in general, and they've all got other officials scheduled and, and most of them have it, you know, the following weekend. So immediately you're going to get a, a bump for BYU and then you're going to get that comparison the following week for all of these guys. So I think that's so critical in terms of positioning yourself for official visits because you want them early because kids want them early. Absolutely. But getting the first one in particular has, has as, about as many benefits as any positioning that, that you could come up with. So I think BYU's got a lot of opportunity this weekend with those four on campus. I talked to somebody and they actually said, well, isn't this a bad thing? Don't you want to be the last team to go with this? And I said that there, there, are, there are benefits on both sides of that. I am actually of the opinion, I'm with you, John, kind of getting to set the table and really set kind of the bar of where they should be setting their expectations for future official visits in many ways is an advantage, especially in BYU's case. Where do you stand? Uh, yeah, I think the the front end is better. Uh, I think there's a lot of kids and and a lot of look. A lot of these guys we're talking about, they have a lot of visits coming up back to back to back to back. I've I've been told by dozens of kids that it gets really exhausting. Even though you know you're wined and dined at all of these campuses, when you start to line them up one after the other, it really does start to slow you down and and it does blur again. Like these are young kids that have never really done anything like this, right? Being being courted over social media or text or FaceTime is one thing. Being there for 48 hours in person, it's intense. It's a bit draining, right? It's like the, fir the first day you go on vacation and you relax, you're kind of tired, right? Yeah. Imagine that four weekends in a row with from millionaire coaches and programs that have all the resources in the world, right? You, you start to, to build a little bit of that exhaustion, even though it's exciting and unique. The first one, that first impression, the first five-star hotel, whatever it is, that stuff really does matter uh, in recruiting. And, and again, I, I think when you start to take multiple trips, yeah, there's some recency bias with the last visit, maybe ahead of a decision. You certainly understand that angle, but there's a fatigue and, and a little bit of, of luster that's lost when it's so much in such a small amount of time. And, and a lot of these kids are going to be going through that. So I would, I would pick, to go first if, if I had to draft, you know, which weekend I would want uh, with a given recruit. I, I'd want to go first almost every every single time, unless I knew the kid was going to wait and he's going to take officials in the fall. In that case, you may you maybe want to slow down, but these guys look like they're, they're going to accelerate the process and get closer to a decision here soon. So I'd, I'd certainly want to be just about where BYU is with these four. Is there a, I don't know how to ask this question, because you, you cover recruiting at a national level, so you hear about all these official visits so many times. Is there, a, I guess, a common theme or like a almost a secret weapon that successful programs have with regards to their official visits that you've noticed? You know, I, I think it's different d depending on the school. Uh, you know, I, I think certain 
situations that can be created by these coaches and creative departments can, can put things over the top. Mm -hmm. But then I think a lot of times it's just comes down to the people. Um, I know, you know, looking at some of the schools that we hear from the most, like in Alabama, for instance, they always eat breakfast at Saban's house on Sunday morning, right? Either right before or after church. So it's like that has a personal touch to it, to where you've been battered with (laughs) X's and O's and football and facilities and weight room and all this in your face, intense stuff. But then there's like a layered back, uh, peeled back layer, I should say, of, of sitting down with a coach eating, you know, some biscuits on a Sunday morning. So I think every school has kind of their own unique thing that they sell on official visits. Uh, and I think it could be changing relative to the time of year. So in this case, like for BYU, maybe there's, there's something that is only prevalent in the month of June that they yeah. can, you know, foster during these official visit weekends. And, and we see more outside the box stuff coming as time goes along. I know like at Georgia two weekends ago, they did like a scavenger hunt, you know, where they're looking for Kirby smart. I mean, sometimes it's the simplest kind of just something that creates a human to human connection that could really resonate with the recruit. Uh, but some kids are old school. Some kids, quarterbacks, offensive linemen, corners, they want to get in the film room and they want really want to sit down with you. And this allows for more time to really dig into things like that. So it goes back to kind of the classic principles of recruiting, like figure out who the decision maker is around the recruit and focus on that person. And then with the recruit specifically, what, what is he, what makes him tick, right? What is his thing? If, if he's an X's and O's guy, line that up for the visit, do your homework there. And I think you, you can, you know, go further into the recruitment. Uh, but, but normally it's, it's non-football things that resonate the most with recruits. And obviously at BYU, I mean, my gosh, it's as gorgeous there as it is anywhere. I think you can sell a lot of, a lot of the non-football element of, of this process. Well, for years, BYU did a lot of their official visits, <clears throat> excuse me, in the, in the winter and they'd go snowmobiling. That was kind of the hallmark of a lot of BYU special visits. Well, now with it being June, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, there, you can't really do snow machines, but you can take like the razors and the side-by-sides and go up in the Wasatch Mountains up here. So we'll see what comes out of this. I, I am interested to see how they kind of shift the dynamic in terms of having it during the summer versus it being in the dead of winter as they've done previously. Should be very interesting in that front. All right. John, last thing I want to talk to you about is just about these individual players themselves. Kind of rapid fire, get your take on them. But first, I need to get a word in on our friends over at Bet Online. They are our partners here on Locked On Cougars, and they continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, for including this year's basketball playoffs with the NBA Finals, uh, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures odds now. It's all at betonline.net, as they are your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you now. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, we are obviously here on YouTube uh, doing this live, but also on the various podcast uh, providers out there. Uh, John, if you don't mind, I do this with every one of my guests. Uh, down in the right corner, so if you'll point down to the right corner for me, so opposite of where I'm at, there's a little button there that says, hey, Follow for more shows. Subscribe to the show. Uh, leave us a comment. Like it. Uh, let us know what you guys like about this and your takes on all things on these shows. And a huge thank you for your support in that venture. And also make sure to leave us ratings and reviews if you're able to on your podcast provider. All right. Before we wrap up here with John, I wanted to run through the different prospects that BYU's got coming in. We'll start off with, I think, the most highly rated of the bunch. That is Walker Lyons from Folsom High School in Folsom, California. Uh, John, kind of give me your take on Walker. You mentioned earlier on in today's show that he's a guy 
guy that he could wait until February if he wanted to, and anybody who wants him will wait and take his signature at that point. What do you make of this young man? Uh, this is just a dynamic, modern, 2022 kind of Titan, one that you're going to see split out as much as you'll see him attached. He'll be in the slot. He'll move around and, and really challenge you, you know, athletically as a wide receiver would. But, of course, he's, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, you know, 230 pounds. So he has the physicality behind it of a tight end. So just that matchup nightmare uh, that that this position has become synonymous for uh, at the highest of levels. And I think he he embodies that from a dynamic perspective, uh, incredibly productive at, at the high school level. Uh, and, and again, just polished, right? You, you yeah. see it, you know, he catches the ball away from his body. He's very, you know, smooth with his cuts for a guy that size. Um, and, and he can really, you know, put a route combination together, which is not easy to do with his frame. Uh, so that's why he's so coveted uh, coast to coast. And, and that's why it's such a battle for his recruitment. But as I'm sure your audience knows, he's got a lot of ties to BYU. I think his sister goes there right now, even. So there's just a lot for, for BYU in this race. And I think, um, you need to win one of these, right? This has to be, there has to be a plant flagging recruiting victory in, in this class of 2023. Uh, and gosh, I mean, Lions would be that guy for BYU. Just one of those reminders, like, like, Hey, you know, the, the Cougars are, are here to go uh, and can contend uh, for some of these big name recruits that, that everybody wants. Uh, so those are always, you need to win all the other battles too. Uh, but when you, when you win head to head with, with, prospects that really have an opportunity to play almost anywhere it carries more weight uh you know at the top of of your commitment list so you know i I think byu's got a great shot at him and and i think he'd be one of those again flag planting type of recruits where you say yeah i remember this recruitment five years from now and it started this at byu or it changed this perception about where byu could go uh, and, and who they can compete with for for top talent yeah, and if they didn't get Walker Lyons, Jackson Bowers is no slouch in his own right. Out of Arizona, he's actually from one of the quote-unquote bastions that BYU's recruited for many, many years at Mountain View down there in the Phoenix area. And uh, what do you make of Jackson Bowers? How, how does he compare and contrast with a guy like Walker Lyons? That's a great question. You know, I think production-wise, he's right there. I mean, I mean, th- this guy averaged like 18 yards a catch last year, which is Ultra really hard to do when, yeah. when you're a big, you know, power forward-looking tight end uh, like Bowers is. But his game is, is different to me. He's a little bit more classic. You're going to line him up, hand in the dirt. You're going to him block a lot more than you would with Lions. And I think he's a little bit more raw as a pass catcher relative to Walker, just in terms of route running and things like that. But in terms of, you know, making plays on the football, he's right there. I mean, ultra productive, a big physical guy. He he wins at the catch point, Uh, some some good sideline work and body control examples throughout his tape uh, as well. So I think if, if you're looking for a more balanced tight end, who can help you in the run game as well. I think he's probably higher on your board than a Walker Lions, who's a little bit more finesse, a little bit more dynamic in space and, and a, a jumbo wide receiver, if you will. But, you know, Bowers has some classic tight end in him. And, you know, BYU's obviously utilized that position well, you know, over my lifetime. And, and you, you have an argument for both in this day and age, right? And I know – I mean, I don't know Kalani Zataki personally, but I do know that he would not say no <laughs> to both of these recruits if yeah. they were like on Sunday, like, hey, coach, I'm I'm ready to Cougar. Uh, you can compliment each other uh, with, with these two. And I think that's that's the broader picture here. And then selling them that together 
is going to be so interesting. That's why I said I would love to be in that room to see how the the time is distributed and, and how the attention is distributed in having them visit together. Uh, interesting strategy, and, and, and it could be a breakthrough strategy if, if it works for the Cougars. But, yeah, both of those are among, you know, the five to ten best tight ends in the country for a reason. Well, and many of the longtime BYU fans who are watching or listening to this will remember Chad Lewis and Atula Mealy being tandem together. You remember Andrew George, Dennis Pitt. Some of the greatest eras of BYU football have had two tight ends that actually com- complement each other. So that may be a, one of the selling points BYU throws at both of these guys saying, hey, you have styles that work together and you also are so different. We can work with you guys and have you both on the field at the same time. And could work out. We'll see what happens there. I want to stick with the offense here for a moment and uh, talk about Ethan Thomason, a mammoth of an offensive lineman, six foot eight, seemingly just a, a complete uh, blank slate with regards to with regards to his frame and the ability to put good weight on there. What do you make of this young man out of Colorado? Yeah, so interesting. I mean, six eight. My goodness, over three hundred pounds already. Mm-hmm. Uh, decent basketball player too. So yeah. you, you like so, some of the footwork foundation that that he's gaining and cross training with on the hardwood. But this is an offensive tackle that is pretty much created from scratch, right? A guy who's extremely long, uh, but but he's got a lot of aggression to him as well. You know, he, he's not a finesse player uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, he's he's comfortable pass blocking already, which is a big deal in in uh, high school football. Yeah. Uh, being being a little bit comfortable there as a high school junior, I, I think says a lot about where Thomason's game is and where it could go going forward. As you said, Jake, you're definitely going to add weight to him. You you want him to play a little bit lower, which is probably something he hears every day because he's six <laughs> eight. Yeah. Just kind of a natural deal there. But uh, you you watch him and you understand. You know the punch is good. The extension is elite there. Uh, you understand why a, a lot of Pac-12, Big 12 schools are are clamoring for for this kid uh, and. Again, BYU is getting the first official visit, and that really does say a lot uh, at this stage of the game. Um, you know, and especially for a kid like that who's got, I think he's got a top eight. Yeah. Only a few officials set, right? So mm-hmm. we're kind of just being an industry veteran. You're like, okay, it's not really a top eight, is yeah. it, right? You, you can you could start to eliminate some schools that, that are out on the outside looking in for those official visits. Obviously, BYU will not be one of those. Uh, so that's great news for the Cougars. And, and yeah, I mean, another position that you – you kind of know what you're getting at BYU, which as I think is, is a really good thing in terms of a selling point. All right, and then the lone defensive player in this bunch is Hunter Clegg. I've had a chance to call some of his high school games at American Fork in BYU's proverbial backyard, literally minutes away from BYU's campus, but he seems like he's got limitless potential as a defensive end prospect. What do you make of him? Yeah, real twitchy. I mean, you watch him come off the ball in America for a great program. Obviously, you, you watch him come off the ball. He's the first guy off uh, at 6'4", 225 or whatever he's listed at. And, and that's really impressive off the edge. Another very productive player, kind of a theme in looking at some of these BYU targets. They, they, they're they banking on what you can do now and what you may be able to do, not just what you may be able to do down the line, which is something I like from a program's evaluation strategy. Uh, but yeah, this kid's, this kid's crazy off the edge. Uh, and he's got a lot of ability underneath as well. I think he can set the edge. He can play at the point of attack. Uh, so as he does that more you know, going forward and, and build onto that frame a little bit, I think positionally he will be really interesting, right? He could very well remain on the edge, true stand-up guy because he's athletic enough to do it, but you could also see him bulking up and maybe turning into a hybrid down the line. Uh, so, so that one's interesting from, from a physical and ceiling perspective. And then his recruitment, I mean, this American fork kid, 
I mean, this is the Holy War kind of kid, right? I mean, this is a, this is yeah. a BYU Utah. Uh-huh. You know, this is a this is a bloody knuckled recruiting you know target for both of these programs. It feels like Utah certainly had some buzz early on. Now BYU is getting this this first OV, uh, so it becomes a little bit more uh, of a coin toss as time goes on here. So. You know, BYU is, I mean, you got to look, you got to look across the state, right? I mean, that's something that is always prevalent and it'll probably become more prevalent now, uh, you know, with the Big 12 distinction, because it's two different Power 5 conferences that you're selling at this point. So that will be fascinating, right? Looking at some of these, um, that might have just been a a recruiting story for me to drum up there to my editors. Like, I need to look at the, the, the new Big 12 schools and how their recruiting will change in state for them. I think this changes a lot for, for BYU and helps them contend even more so than they already do because, of course, you know, the, the roster's littered with in-state recruits. Uh, and, and this one, the same thing for Utah, right? This one will be one of those measuring stick kind of battles that's much more regional, but it doesn't lessen the value and importance of it when all said and done. And that's the thing about it. You have now the Pac-12 and the Big 12 separated by 40 minutes in the state of Utah. So Amazing. It's crazy. John, thank you so much for taking some time with us here on Locked on Cougars. You can find his work down there, John Garcia underscore junior. Read him at Sports Illustrated, obviously one of our insiders here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Thanks again, John. Thanks for having me. Take care. There you go. John Garcia from Sports Illustrated. More tomorrow on what's going on with BYU and everything else going on with the Cougars. We'll have you covered on that front. We also will continue to catch up on our top 50 player countdown. We've not been very consistent. I apologize for that, but we will have you guys uh, covered on that. We'll catch up on that tomorrow's edition of the show. And we also got to talk about uh, a new list of the big board from Mel Kuyper. Four Cougars on that list. What to make of each four of them and where they stand with regards to the NFL draft next year. We've got all that and more on a new edition of Locked On Cougars tomorrow. Make sure you make our sec- your second listen today. Our friends over at Locked On Big 12, Josh Neighbors and the crew do an incredible job. I will be part of their roundtable this week. So hope you guys will be joining us for that. And until then, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May. What are we? Oh, no, actually June. It's June 1. Holy smokes. It's a new month. June 1st, 2022. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. See ya.